We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Get The Is Charged podcast, coming to you live right after the Chargers game. Uh, an unfortunate loss, but happy to be here. Before uh, we get started with Alex tonight, I uh, want to send a quick shout-out to Donald Parham. Uh, hope he's able to uh, recover from this. was not a uh, very good thing to look at, obviously. You know, hoping for the best, you know, play your lockup like that and, and be uh, instantly knocked out cold. Hope he is uh, doing well. But I uh, just wanted to start that by sending some well wishes to number 89. That being said, uh, it's just me and Alex tonight. Tyler's note is uh, not here to join us, but Alex is um, urban fired still, though. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, the universe threw me a bone last night, uh, <laughs> and I knew that it would have to readjust. So the Chargers had to take this out. But uh, no, I mean... It was a fun game to watch back and forth, but just a bunch of uh, missed opportunities that I'm sure we'll be talking about on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll dive into all of that. Uh, before we get started, as well, have to mention our sponsor, TickPick, who is the official ticketing partner of the Guilty as Charged podcast. You can use the link below in our description for a $10 discount on uh, any ticketing purchase of your choice. Football season is coming down to an end, so uh, definitely go take advantage there. Um, that being said, let's dive into this matchup. I want to talk, uh, as we always do, in some general terms, right? You know, kind of the, the bigger, broader picture here. Uh, and Alex, what are kind of your what's kind of your big picture takeaway from uh, watching this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think it was. Uh, I mean, it was a really exciting game. Obviously, we see the Chargers kind of you know, flex their muscle on offense, um, not quite near the goal line. Uh, but at other times in the game, uh, they, they were kind of fun and exciting to watch. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think the game does ultimately come down to those goal line calls. Um, Jared Cook not catching the ball, Joshua Kelly fumbling the ball. And then we sort of talk about the, the field goal dynamic, which I'm sure we'll get into in this show. Um, but the Chargers probably should have taken some points. Um, you know, I know people are going to talk about the fact that, you know, Staley's fourth down analytics say that you always go for it. 
but a seven-point lead in the half against the Chiefs would have been great. Uh, and so especially three points that might have saved you at the end of the game there. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's it's certainly the missed opportunity game, uh, even on the very first drive uh, when the Chargers get all the way down there and then don't convert. Um, so I, I, I think the Chargers, we, we talked about it in the first half of the season, certainly as sort of a live by the fourth down, die by the fourth down kind of team. And they were living by the fourth down because they were converting 87% or whatever it was. Yeah. Now they're not converting that and they're on the wrong side of that. Uh, unfortunately, and yeah, so that's that's kind of what's going to happen when you when you play with fire. And I was talking about it with the Chiefs fan actually tonight, and you know he actually said you know he, he sort of respected Staley, you know, going for the kill and all that. And and I think I do still generally agree with that philosophy, but it's it's hard to look at those points that got left on the board, um, and it's hard <laughs> to look at the, the Jared Cook and Joshua Kelly plays near the goal line as they happened. What happened on the first drive with Chargers and, you know, just a bunch of missed opportunities for execution. Yeah, you know, from a general perspective, I'm I'm okay with this loss. You know, I, if I would have known heading in that the offensive line would have played this way, I would have been thrilled. I would have been, uh, you know, okay with the defense, you know, losing Derwin mid-game, losing Tavon Campbell mid-game. You're already playing without Asante Semi Jr. Chris Harris is getting cooked. So, you know, the defense I thought played all right. So I think for the most part, I'm okay with this loss. You know, sweeping the Chiefs would have been awesome. Uh, but you mentioned the miss the missed opportunities, and that's that's the story of the game, right? Like, you know, of course, you know, you you can kind of question the decision making. I thought individually in a vacuum, each of those decisions to go for it on fourth down was they was solid decision making process it's, it was just the execution you know you have the one right before the half uh keenan allen was wide open on that play but dan Sorensen just made a really good play on the ball so you know i thought for the most part brandon Staley was making good decisions i think for me the biggest takeaway from the actual game are just the missed opportunities you have mike williams dropped two touchdowns on that first play on that first series you know jared cook dropped a touchdown <laughs> gosh and, you know, Joshua Kelly had that one fumble. So I, I understand the frustration about the individual decisions to go for it. But for me, this is about the execution and not the lack of a bad process. Because for me, I, I thought the process was fine. Yeah, I I thought the process was fine. I mean, again, this is what the Staley Chargers are going to be. They're going to be live by it, die by it kind of thing. And today they died by it. So... Um, that is what it is. And also, uh, obviously that, you know, not converting fourth downs isn't the reason they lost this game. They lost this game because Derwin James goes out, uh, sure. and, you know, comes out and Austin Eckler clearly was not able to play, um, nearly as much as, you know, he was in these last few weeks. Um, so, you know, that's in a sense why they lost the game, but, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely still agree with the whole fourth and Staley philosophy. That being said, I think there are times like going into the half after you've poorly executed where maybe you take the field goal there. Um, sure. But yeah. No, and I think, you know, things that he said after the game last week when they were about to go for fourth down and they ended up taking that delay of game uh, was that there's a certain angle on the field from the left hash 
that Dustin Hopkins is not really comfortable with when you're closer towards the goal line. So I wonder if that played, you know, a, a factor in those decisions as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think everybody's going to focus in on the fourth down decisions. And I think for the most part, you know, I'm okay with it. You know, you, you beat the Chiefs the first time around by going forward on fourth down. You beat the Browns by being aggressive on fourth down. So this is who the Chargers are going to be. Uh, and, and I think it's, you know, a, a fun adjustment from what we experienced last year with Anthony Lynn, who almost never went for it on fourth down. But again, I, I totally understand the frustrations, but I, I think the process for the most part was sound. Yeah. So uh, quick shout out to uh, Ross C. Johnson uh, for the super chat. Uh, he says this one hurt, felt like a win, though the scoreboard said otherwise. So um I totally agree with that. And again, I understand, like, like I said, the frustrations are sound. Um, but, you know, this is a game that I think really kind of shows that the Chargers were here to play. You know, I, I think that given all the circumstances, given the injuries, that the way that the Chargers played was admirable. And, you know, I, I think from a game perspective, you know, the Chargers coaching staff came up with a hell of a game plan without Rashawn Slater in there. You know, we had uh, Trey Pipkins and all of us had our concerns in that regard, but they dominated on the ground in this game. They essentially did whatever they wanted until that very last drive when they had to punt. Uh, but the offense for the most part was moving the ball at will. And Trey Pipkins was a big part of that as was, uh, you know, the rest of the offensive linemen. So I think, you know, this really kind of showed again, that the chargers are able to make some adjustments on the fly, play to their players' strengths. And, you know, I think Trey Pipkins had a good game. Like, you know, he certainly didn't have a bad game like we were all kind of expecting. Uh, you know, again, I'll go watch the film after this and, and kind of see what happened there. But I, for the most part, I love the way that they designed the protection plan in this one. And again, you know, they ran the ball essentially at will today. Yeah, no, I uh, I thought that uh, Trey Pipkins had a good game uh, against all odds. I <laughs> did not think that was going to happen. Uh, and I also thought that when you kind of look at the game, uh, Justin Jackson played really well. Like We've been kind of waiting for that RB2 performance to step up in, in lieu of yeah. Austin Eckler in relief of him, really. Uh, and I thought that he did pretty well uh, as well, uh, You know, especially considering the state of the offensive line. I thought that he showed some burst and had some of those quick decision-making uh, skills that got him some extra yards. So uh, it was nice to have a good running back um the other one Eckler was hurt and Joshua Kelly lest we say the better <laughs> and what sucks about the fumble for Joshua Kelly is that he was playing pretty good before that um you know it was definitely ironic though that you know Troy Aikman is like oh, they should <laughs> hand the ball off to Joshua Kelly I'll run it with fucking Kelly <laughs> Troy Aikman jinxed Josh Kelly so blame Troy Aikman tonight um, but nah, you know, I'm gonna blame Josh and Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, the, the broadcast crew, uh, brutal night today. You know, uh, Joe Buck talking about uh, Donald Parham's arms tremoring, uh, being it because it was cold, it was a, a really bad look for Joe Buck. For Joe Buck, and uh, Troy Aikman was his usual bad self, yeah. Um, yeah, I think all primetime games just need to be muted at this point. There's, there's no <laughs> commentary teams. No, absolutely not. Um, saw a couple people in the chat uh, mention Trey McKitty, and you know I wanted to give him a shout out as well because 
you know, when I was watching the Giants game back, when I was watching the Cincinnati game back, Trey McKitty was really standing out as a run blocker. And I think he had another fantastic night tonight. Steven Anderson had some great blocks. I loved that uh, specific design where they kind of leak him out from the fullback spot and, and do essentially kind of a, a mini wheel route, um, you know, drew a pass interference. So uh, you lose Donald Parham early, um, and, uh, unfortunately, and then you get a, a really good game from Trey McKitty. Steven Anderson played well, uh, but unfortunate that uh, Jared Cook couldn't uh, match that uh, performance by the tight ends. Yeah, no. Uh... Jared Cook. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I still don't know how he dropped that ball. Like yeah. it, it feels like when he catches it, he like absorbs it into his body and then just shoots it <laughs> back out. Um, like yeah, that's pretty inexcusable. Um, and I don't know. Like we we were talking about, hey, is Hunter Henry worth it? And you know, the the answer is probably still that I wouldn't have paid him but I did not think Jared Cook would have these kinds of drop issues obviously he was sort of famous towards the end of his career in New Orleans for that but um no that was just horrendous that's what we saw tonight yeah I uh I saw some people saying that it, it was a bad Herbert pass I mean it hit him right in the hands like you know we talked to Jalen Guyton shout out to uh wide receiver three getting the gack bump mm-hmm. again um, and he basically was like, listen, if it hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. And Keenan Allen echoed that sentiment uh, when he was talking to the to the media a few weeks ago. If it hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. And Mike Williams had a couple drops at the goal line. Uh, Jared Cook had that one drop. So it's just frustrating to see Jared Cook, you know, the 13-year veteran, continue to make these m- mistakes where it, it's just coming up in crucial moments. And, you know, the team is, continues to feed him the ball in these third down situations, fourth down situations. And he is, you know, not coming up and he's not doing his job. So uh, I'd be pretty surprised at this point if Cook was back next year. Um, again, you know, a lot of that is kind of going to depend on, on Donald Parham's health from here on out. Um, you know, they did say during the broadcast that he is doing fine. He's in stable condition. Um, but I can't imagine that he plays anytime soon. Um, but you know, that's definitely going to cloud the, uh, tight end position future for the next, uh, few weeks. Yeah. Um, going to definitely cloud the future, but, uh, yeah, no, get Jared Cook out of here. Don't want to see him again. Uh, as far as that pass, like Aikman was like, Oh, I don't know. Herbert kind of high pointed that one. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like it hits him right in the hands. Like, (laughs) You know, like I, I'm all for like Herbert puts a little too mus- too much mustard on it, but no, it's like you you got to catch it, like especially in that situation. I, I don't understand why um, that was even a thing on the broadcast, but no, Jared Cook. Um, I mean, you can make an argument he cost the team the game today. Yeah, at least not paying all that much. You know, uh, that that is kind of the good thing there. But um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the rest of the tight ends. It's going to be interesting from here on out because you know Gabe Neighbors has essentially been a special teams player the last two weeks and before that he was inactive so I'm curious to see if they'll bring up Hunter Camp Moyer uh if Donald Parham is not playing next week or if they just kind of roll with Neighbors or, or what they do there yeah um I don't know at this point I, I guess Gabe Neighbors has roster utility now that's a sentence that just came out of my mouth well, he did have a carry today. Uh, oh, a, a whole four yards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have gone to him on the Joshua Kelly run. 
It was. It was. Uh, I want to talk about Justin Herbert in, in general today because he made some stupid throws today that were just like insane. You know, he had that one RPO touchdown where uh, Melvin Ingram was right in his face as a free rusher. He had that one throw to Keenan Allen up the sideline, which was just an insane throw, you know, rolling to his left and, and flipping that to him. But what did you kind of make of, of the way Justin Herbert played overall tonight? No, I thought Justin Herbert played really well um, under the circumstances. And, yeah, no, I, it wasn't a game that was like maybe Pittsburgh where it's like he's hitting everything kind of lights out. But, I mean, the throws he was making in that fourth quarter, particularly the one to Josh Palmer where he just – wired that in there sort of has the repeat of his uh, Keenan Allen Bengals touchdown where he just wires that right in there. Um, no, I mean, he he's a top five quarterback in this league. And I think he still showed that tonight. Um, you know, Mahomes kind of wins this one uh, and then shows, you know, wh- why he is who he is in that fourth quarter and that overtime. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also aided by the Chargers just completely forgetting how to tackle and play defense, which was fun. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I definitely think that both of them had really good games and it's what you expect out of two top five quarterbacks. No, the, I, I thought that they put on a really good show. I thought Mahomes had some really inconsistent play for the most part. You know, the fourth down that they had, uh, to Cole Harn, which was an awful play by Chris Harris, but you know, Mahomes just, it just slipped and, you know, we saw some weird throws from him, but. You know, it's it's you have you have always talked about this that you have to be able to get Mahomes. You know, you have to keep him uh, within the pocket. Don't let his yeah. legs beat you. And it does. It seems like it doesn't matter who the defensive coordinator, who's calling plays, is. Mahomes is always going to beat you with his legs. Apparently, um, yeah. but I thought he really turned it on in the fourth quarter. And you know, I thought Justin Herbert was fantastic tonight, making a, a, so many ridiculous throws, handling the pressure. Um, that was there on occasion, and I thought her a fantastic game. Well, yeah, and I, I think that Mahomes uh, generally they did a pretty good job through three quarters of keeping him in the pocket. I just thought when it got down to it in the fourth quarter, like that defense was just gassed. I mean, you could see it on Bosa's face. Unfortunately, you could see it really everywhere. Um, I, I think playing down Derwin also, you know, uh, kind of contributed to that and, and how gas the defense felt uh, especially when the offense goes 97 yards and doesn't put up a score like yeah I mean that that's a pretty poor effort um then throws the defense back out there and I, I think that you know that's why when the Chiefs got the ball in overtime I was like all right well th- that was a fun game um because as soon as they got it it was just like yeah no this is not ending the way we wanted to unfortunately um so yeah no I it's tough, but yeah, I definitely think this is just one of those games where um, Mahomes just wasn't going to lose it. Uh, and, you know, the Chargers, uh, as much as I do respect the Staley, like, hey, we're going to try to put him away as soon as we can. Like, Mahomes sure. is never put away. Like, he, he's just going to come back into that game as many times as he wants. Um, and I think it's it's why it was imperative for the Chargers to grow the lead when they did, because by the yeah. time Mahomes got back into the game, it was only one score, and you know, and the rest was kind of history from there. Yeah, uh, why is a Raiders fan in here like trying to talk trash right now? Did did you watch the game last week, bud? Uh, you guys see the the forty eight to nine beatdown of the Chiefs put on you? So uh, probably not the right YouTube uh, channel to be hopping in on right now. Um, 
you know, I, I think that's a good point, though, Alex. You know, you want to see them build the league as, as much as you can. And, and Daniel Popper pointed out that, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill combined for 139 yards today, which, yeah. you know, it was a win. lot of poor tackling. Yeah, it's it's hard to win when you're not, you know, playing their best players like that. But a lot of that is some poor tackling by Trey Marshall, by Nasir Adderley, who I, I've been a big fan of, but he had a rough day today in that regard. Um, you know, you're playing in overtime with Devontae Harris and Kemon Hall in the secondary. So it just as soon as they won that toss, I was like, man, <laughs> they're probably not getting out the field. This is gonna be a tough one. Yeah, and I think that's how like the game feels in general. And it's like why this feels like such a brutal loss in a sense is because they almost got away with playing Devontae Harris and Kemon Hall and all those guys and almost got away with the win Trey Pipkins of course and um you know just throwing a lot of these backups in when you know they didn't really have any other answers unfortunately because of injuries um so they kind of got away with one here right and this is sort of uh the game where the Chiefs not having Chris Jones was very noticeable throughout um and so absolutely kind of could have taken the division lead without having to play Chris Jones as well which is also kind of why this feels like a a missed opportunity kind of game yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Troy Aikman did do, say a couple smart things. You know, he pointed out that the Chargers were going right. Chris Jones would have been, uh, again, really leaning into Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, Matt Filer. Uh, even Michael Schofield had a really good game. So um, just wanted to point this out. Um, Brandon Staley said after the game, he's doing his press conference right now. He said, quote, the quickest way to win a game like that is to score touchdowns, not field goals, especially considering who's on the other side, end quote. So. Uh, again, just kind of talking about where his mentality is at with uh, specifically, you know, going forward on fourth down like that. I mean, yeah, but like if you, if you had three at the half, then like you, you would have gone into that final drive up 10 instead of seven. So like, <laughs> I'm not going to get into a Stanley today, but like <laughs> I think there is like just a point where the analytics kind of have to meet the situational. I don't know. I, I still agree with those fourth down calls. Also the fourth down calls weren't that great <laughs> when they did them, unfortunately. Um, of course there's the one that's broken up by Sorensen, but I mean, I felt like the defense was, playing well enough for them to take the points in instances, sure. especially as they continue to struggle in the red zone, unfortunately. No, I think, you know, it, it's tough because I think there's a balance to it, right? Like, I, I think at some point you've kind of got to pivot. And I understand, like, the first two you go for it. But at some point you got to take the points. And, and that's that's my frustration again. You know, I, I think the – uh the process like i said before was sound but i think if you're you know making these decisions in a vacuum then you go for it but you know you got to take the points at some point and you know going up seven and halftime is better than staying up uh four so um but yeah um i also have to give some major major props today to uchenna and wosu who i thought had a fantastic game he was playing so smart uh, you know, the, the Chiefs do so many RPO things on offense that you've got to have smart edge rushers that kind of, you know, keep their rush lanes and um, set the edge, play the pass. And so that interception, man, and, and even the first, you know, tip pass that he had uh, was insane. I thought he played the run really well. And, you know, we've seen him come into his own over the last few weeks uh, and he's really earning that extension. So I thought he played fantastic. 
really kind of swung the momentum back towards the Chargers with that interception. Uh, and then, of course, Austin Eckler scored on the next play. So uh, I thought Inwosu play was awesome today. Yeah, I thought Inwosu was really good. Um, I thought the whole defensive line played pretty well. Um, Jerry Tillery had a good game. Yeah. He was getting in there consistently with some pressures. Uh, Justin Jones, uh, Linval Joseph, I thought, also played really well. Um, uh, Joey Bosa had some kind of moments, but also, uh, you know, did sort of get gassed towards the end of the game. Um, but you know, as far as the defensive line, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good effort, especially kind of, we were coming into this game, like eh, the chiefs have been running it a little bit more Is Clyde Edwards, they're going to kind of gain some momentum going into this one, but no, the run defense played really well. Uh, I'm, uh, do you know what the, the, their rush shuttle was today? Uh, don't know off the top of my head. All right, I'm gonna look really quick. Uh, I know Mahomes I... has like, <laughs> I know Mahomes has some of them yards, unfortunately, uh, for <laughs> reasons. But yeah. So uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had nine carries for 32 yards. Darren yeah, Williams had five for 12. Okay, now um, tell me the Mahomes number. Three for 32. So, not as uh, <laughs> large yeah. of a number as I thought, but it really it that was more the, the moments. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he was, you know, scrambling to throw a lot as well. Um, but the, you look at the Chargers, they had 192 yards rushing tonight. Uh, Justin Jackson, 13 for 86. That's good for 6.6 yards per carry. Uh, Austin Eckler, 12 for 59. Joshua Kelly, 7 for 21. Justin Herbert, 5 for 16. Andre Roberts, 1 for 6. Gabe Neighbors, 1 for 4. So uh, they averaged 4.9 yards per carry and got two rushing touchdowns today. Yeah, no, I mean, this is uh, the game where I think you needed someone else to step up other than Austin Eckler. Um, and even even as we say that, Austin Eckler had five yards per carry and a touchdown. So, you know, he, he still showed up today, too. Um, but, yeah, no, this was a great sign to see from Justin Jackson, uh, for sure, just to get uh, one of these games under his belt where, you know, he was just very decisive in how he ran. And uh, I thought that was really good. Herbert had a couple good runs as well. Uh, and they, they got Andre Roberts a little bit involved. So that, that yeah. was nice to see. They should be doing that more often. Uh, but sometimes they just decide not to. Um, and, oh, shout out to Andre Roberts. Uh, almost got a touchdown, but a 75-yard return yeah. is worth a statue in and of itself. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, that we have to talk about. They didn't right? fucking score on that drive. <laughs> they didn't score on that drive, and they didn't score off of the drive that Bosa had the strip sack. So that's... You know, you get two turnovers against Mahomes, and that was, you know, what my biggest storyline was, is who can kind of create those takeaways. It was the Chargers. The Chargers win the turnover battle, and but they don't get any points off of the two turnovers. So, um, you know, that's as, as a whole, right, like that's more missed opportunities for this team. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, just I still can't believe they didn't score off the Boston strip sack like that. I mean, that's so much of it. And then. Yeah, to, to not score off the Andre Roberts return, not even a field goal, is just tough. Was the Bosa strip sack after, or was the Joshua Kelly fumble after the Bosa strip sack? Uh, yes. No, uh, no, no, no. Joshua Kelly came later because the Bosa strip sack was the one where uh, uh, they incompleted. Was that the one Sorensen batted down? I think that was the Sorensen drive. Oh yeah, that was at the end, right? Yeah. So yeah, that happened with a minute twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the Chargers had nine plays, forty-four yards, and it ended with uh, 
the Sorensen in the Sorensen uh, pass breakup. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Tough. Jared Cook, everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh! You you see the final tally for uh, Travis Kelsey? Read it to me while I uh, drink the water <laughs> and spill it all over myself. Uh, Travis Kelsey had 10 catches for 191 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. Um, it's good. Put some in my eye. All right. Uh, 19.1 yards per reception for Travis Kelsey. Fun. Fun football. Good that no one tackled him as he ran uh, all the way to the one-yard line. That was that was great. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh there's a lot of people talking about like next season for the chargers in the chat. There's still three games left. You guys, they're still in the playoff on like, I get the frustration, but they're still oh, this in, happens in... after every game. This, this happens after <laughs> every game. After every chargers uh, loss, we talk about the draft and after every chargers win, it's the super bowl. So, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's how this works. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, I mean, in general, they're going to play the Texans next week and it's an automatic win. So they're still firmly, in the AFC wild card, even if the division's over. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not going to see a, a Tyrod Taylor game. It's going to be, uh, what's his first name? Mills? Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills. So, um, yeah. So, the Chargers are still very much in play for the playoffs. Um, I, you know, I, we said this beforehand. Even if they lose, you know, there still is a very high chance that they make the playoffs. Of course, you have the Texans. Uh, then you have to take care of business down the stretch with the Broncos and the Raiders. Um, but, you know, the numbers still uh, indicate that the Chargers have a strong chance of making the playoffs. And at the end of the day, you know, that's all that we wanted for this season was to get into the dance, have a chance uh, to make, you know, an impact in that regard. And, you know, it, it's a tough loss today, but playoffs are still in sight for sure. Yeah, no, uh, I, I mean... I think the biggest storyline in this game is the health of Derwin James uh, somewhat because that just felt like when the defense pretty much lost it um, and then when he didn't come back into the game, Travis Kelsey, I assume, had a high portion of those 177 yards. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, when he went out of the game, of course, 60 or 70 of them coming on one particular play. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bill Barnwell tweeted out uh, that before Derwin James – left to injury, Travis Kelsey had two catches. So he had eight catches and whatever else after Derwin James left to uh, injury. Uh, yeah, give me one second. Uh, I have to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> someone asked, can Alex stop saying, yeah, no. It's every uh, week, too. <laughs> it's every week on the live streams, and I'm going to say, yeah, no, go fuck yourself. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> we all have our, our, our sayings, man. It's all it's all good. Yeah, a little, a little antsy after that loss. Where's Tyler? He's he's watching the Spider-Man movie, <laughs> and I'm sure all the Spider-Men showed up, and he's not here to mourn with us. I know. I was so excited. You know, I, I uh, decided to stay home from a rehearsal dinner today because I'm fucking have bronchitis still. Um, you know, and I was really looking forward to doing this after a win, uh, but then all the drops and the fumbles had to happen. So, anyways, yeah. All right, should we get into some studs and duds then? Yeah, we, we should do some studs and duds. 
Um, I guess I can go with my first stud, and uh, I think I got to go with Justin Jackson. Uh, I think Justin Jackson had a really good game. Um, they, they've been begging, dying for someone to step up in that RB2 role, and Justin Jackson was always the guy who was kind of most capable of doing it. I mean, in comparison to Joshua Kelly, in comparison to Larry Roundtree, and I thought he did really well tonight. Uh, he, with his uh, socialist nature, he really redistributed all of his <laughs> running back two yards. So it was fun for him to have that kind of a game today. Uh, oh, and no, I mean, he had a couple, he, he, I think he had a good reception for 13 yards uh, on overall 6.6 yards per carry. So it's exactly what you want for him, especially when he had as many carries as he did. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I was really excited to see that game from him. And I think it means a lot going forward, especially if he can stay healthy then the Chargers have the RB2 thing kind of figured out. If you can't stay healthy, then we're kind of back into Joshua Kelly, Larry Browntree uh, purgatory, unfortunately. But no, I thought this was a really good step in the right direction for Justin Jackson, especially after last week. Yeah, you know, it took him 13 weeks to figure out the running back rotation. And, you know, I, I had to laugh when... Uh, Troy Aikman was like, yeah, they're, they're a little weary of uh, giving Austin Eckler a full workload. And it's like, well, they weren't two weeks ago when Austin Eckler was healthy. You know, it's just is uh, uh, it cracks me up that it took him this long. So I, I think Justin Jackson is, is well deserving. He played fantastic tonight. Um, obviously, you could go with Justin Herbert. I feel like we do that every single week. Right. You know, the song and dance of Herbert Stud or not. Um I think for me, I'm just going to give it to uh, the offensive line this week. You know, they really got after it, and you could throw the tight ends in this regard or, or just kind of call it the general protection plan because I thought this offensive line uh, was in, in some big trouble without Rashawn Slater, who's been, I think, one of the best uh, offensive tackles in the league lately. I, thought, I think that he is uh, a Pro Bowl caliber player at this point in his career, which, you know, he's lived up to the hype and, and, and then some. Uh, but you know, the tight ends and the offensive linemen really were dominant tonight in, in the blocking categories. Um, you get 190 yards rushing again. I think, uh, Justin Herbert had, you know, a few of those yards on scrambles. So you can call it like a 180. Um, and they only allowed Justin Herbert to be hit three times, three times today. So, um, of course, no Chris Jones definitely helped. But, you know, Frank Clark had been playing at a really high level lately. Melvin Ingram, of course, we know is a very capable player. And for the most part, you know, the offensive line carried their weight. They kept Justin Herbert clean. They dominated in the run game. And I think for me, uh, of course, I'm the offensive line uh, guy here. Uh, but for me, I'm going to give it to them this week. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's well-deserved. And uh, as much as we want to talk about them not having Chris Jones, like it kind of cancels out with us not having Rashawn Slater. So, <laughs> and, and throwing Pipkins into this one. So in that sense, I do think it cancels out. Todd, that is a, a great comment. Only good play by Melvin Ingram was the coin toss. I think, uh, yeah, I think he, for the most part, he was really quiet. He had a couple of good plays in the run game. Um, but, you know, Frank Clark was shut down. Melvin Ingram was shut down. And like I said, Justin Herbert was kept clean for most of the night. Uh, and they really dominated in the run game. It was a clutch coin toss, though. I mean, you got to give it to him. <laughs> he comes on the road into that building again and uh, unfortunately got the right call. Uh, I don't even, was, he's not even a captain for them. So I don't know. Maybe it was mental games. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they just wanted him out there because of the former Charger uh, factor. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, a couple people pointing out in Mosu, I think that is absolutely deserving. You know, there's only two of us here tonight. I think Tyler probably would have said in Mosu if he uh, were here. But, you know, uh, again, there's there's a few good choices. And, you know, like I said earlier, I'm mostly okay with this game because of the way that the Chargers played for the most part. Uh, um, and then just the injuries kind of wore them down and, and the drops really showed up. But um, dud of the day for me. I, I guess I just say secondary in general. Um, Michael yeah. Davis had a couple of good plays, and I was really annoyed at the way that they used him tonight because, like, he, he's the the team's best corner by far without Asante Samuel Jr. in the game, and he was covering Byron Pringle and Miko yeah. Hardman for the most part. Yeah. And then at the Very end weird. it was like, oh, let's put him on Travis Kelsey after Travis Kelsey already has nine catches for 150 <laughs> yards. So. I was annoyed by that. And the secondary, again, no Derwin James, no Sante Seven Jr. You lose Tavon Campbell, and I get that. But it was just a lot of bad tackling, a lot of bad angles. Um, you know, Trey Marshall slipped and fell again, which led to a big Travis Kelsey play. Nasir Adderley had a rough day tackling. Um, so I think Dead of the Day just has to go to the secondary in general for me. Well, it was very weird that they made that decision, too, because if I remember in the first game, they mostly had Tavon Campbell and Michael Davis um, sort of shadowing Tyree Kill. And then they also had Michael Davis and Derwin James um, on Kelsey for, for some of those rounds. So I know that Tavon Campbell went out, but I felt like the adjustments should have been like, hey, Byron Pringle is not going to make a play 50 yards down the field. We should probably put the guy who can run a 4-3 on uh, Tyree Kill, but oftentimes Chris Harris was more on Tyree Kill than, than Michael Davis, it seemed like. Yeah. Um, fortunate, uh, unfortunately, I should say. Uh, my dead of the game, I think, has to go to Jared Cook. Um, come on, I thought Mike. you were gonna say Jerry Tiller there for a second, and I was like, wait, Jerry played good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jer- Jerry, Jerry did good today. He, 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 he earns the, the good boy of the week points. Um, anyway, no, but I mean, that's such a, just a rough drop on second and goal to, to not get that into the end zone. I understand the, you know, whole Herbert puts mustard on it or whatever, but no, like you have to catch that ball. Um, I think he had seven targets on the day. So I think I want to say he had one or two other drops that probably could have been marked as well. Um, Herbert put a ball where only he could have caught it over two Chiefs defenders uh, late in that game as well. Didn't come down with that one, although that was a bit more of a difficult catch to make. But no, I mean, we're just going to be thinking about that second and goal play for a while. Obviously, we'll be thinking about the Joshua Kelly play. But if Jared Cook has that ball, it's 21-10 at halftime, and we're not talking so much about what Staley's decision-making is. Uh, and at the end of the day, you pay him to catch the ball. Because he doesn't provide much blocking value because you have to get that from your other tight ends, one of whom is unfortunately on a stretcher, uh, and Steven Anderson, who was you know playing his ass off. So if Jared Cook is going to do the one thing that he's paid to do, um, I would expect him to do it at the crucial junctures of this game. Uh, did not come through, and therefore is the dud of the week for me. Uh, so you were right. He did have seven targets. So he had three catches, 32 yards on seven targets. Yeah, well, because I'm just thinking back through the drop. So obviously there's the one near the end zone. There's the one uh, over the two Chiefs defenders. And then I want to say there might have been one more. Um, But yeah, Uh, either way, you would tally it as two or three drops and probably one that Herbert put out in range of him. But not a fun day. No, not at all. I think 
um, you know, he's he's got to come up with those plays. There was uh, one of the fourth downs that they threw to him um, that Nick Bolton just made an insane play on. Play on, um, but you know, for the most part, he just was uh, not very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the weird thing for me with the tight end group is I just I don't know like what Jared Cook brings at this point because he can't catch the ball and he can't block. Like this is the position we're in with him. McKitty, Parm, and Anderson can all do a little bit of uh, can all block, of course, uh, primarily McKitty and Anderson. And Parm is probably the best receiving tight end on the team, and unfortunately goes out of that game. Um, but. Yeah, no, Jared Cook is definitely in a weird position with this team. And I, unfortunately, they don't really have a choice to bench him now because we don't know when Donald Barm is going to be back, unfortunately. So he's probably still going to have to be tight end one um, as, as its situation unfolds. But no, uh, I, I think Dud is just, it's, it's generous to him this week. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's been generous to him for the season. Um, with many of the crucial drops that he's had in some big moments. Yeah, him, Chris Harris, some of these veteran players are just not uh, playing super well. And, you know, people gave me a lot of shit last week after Chris Harris played really well. Uh, he played bad today, so I think he could be a dead of the day as well. Uh, you know, there was three or four times where they're motioning Nico Harden back and forth and back and forth to try and get him in a misdirection thing. And Chris Harris is just like taking his sweet time to, to get over there and coverage. So uh, Chris Harris, and I think deserves mention as well as, like I said, I, I, you know, I gave it to the whole secondary, but uh, Chris Harris is, is absolutely a a large piece of that uh, poor performance. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, maybe we should just figure out a way that we can like uh, swap the, like, Rashawn Slater COVID for Chris Harris. And I think maybe <laughs> then the Chargers win this game. Sure. <laughs> I mean, Chris Harris on Tyreek Hill. I mean, we've seen it every time, particularly going back to the, um, I mean, when he was in Denver. And now then we saw it last year when uh, in that first game where Tyreek burned him. And now, uh, unfortunately, it's back again. I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, Devon Campbell, uh, probably hurt and you know their secondary is really thin in general obviously they hope that this 10 days is good enough for Asante to come back um now that they will have time off before they go play the Texans but yeah now the secondary is kind of running on fumes a little bit right now yeah and he tweeted you know the the broken heart emoji before the game so I, I think he was kind of expecting to play uh but you got to take his uh long-term health into consideration so I know there were a lot of people concerned about the Chargers kind of rushing him back, and they're they're pretty clearly uh, being careful there. And I would expect him back next week uh, against the Houston Texans for sure. Yeah, I would expect him back as well. Um, so I can't stop coughing. Alex is uh, flying back to the states tomorrow, so we'll we'll wrap this up a little early tonight. But Alex, I want to get your general thoughts here. Uh, Chargers at eight and six. They have three games left. Uh, what are you kind of looking forward to over the last three games? Uh, I mean, you should win all three of these games. Just go out and win them. Finish the season 11-6. and That'd be fun. Um, To me, you have two games on the schedule and the Texans and the Raiders that should be automatic wins um, uh, at this point, considering how the Raiders are playing. Uh, And I think you have another game in the Broncos that, uh, while not an automatic win, I think having them in that stadium as opposed to traveling to Mile High 
that should also be a win. Um, and they probably should have won the game in Denver too if they played a lot better than they did. But um, no, I mean, everything that the Chargers want is still in front of them, well, except the AFC West. But the wild card chase is still full on, and uh, they'll have another chance probably to play the Chiefs down the road in the playoffs if the time comes. No, I uh, I definitely don't think the Chargers have a chance at the division right now. You know, the, the oh, Chiefs would have no, to it's lose over. like all three. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Chiefs would have to lose all three of their games left. But don't they just have like um, Bengals, Denver, and Raiders left, or some combination like that? I don't um, know exactly what it is. I know it's Bengals, and then. They finish with Denver. I don't know who they play in two weeks, though. Uh, I will take it's, a look at uh, the schedule. Steelers. So they play the Steelers this week, um, Bengals week after that, Broncos after that. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that division's over. <laughs> it was a fun dream while it lasted. <laughs> I think I saw, uh, you know, both ESPN and FBI, and I think uh, the 538 all had it as if the Chiefs won today, their division chances were like 90%. Yeah. Well, I mean, because uh, now, the now, are... now they're yeah, now they're two games clear, and yeah. the Chargers would have just been tied with the tiebreaker. But right. um, yeah, no, uh, that's nope. Uh, Chiefs win in the AFC West again. Chargers road runs through the uh, wild card now. Maybe, maybe, yeah. may, let's hope for some twenty twenty bucks energy. I guess twenty twenty bucks energy. Oh, I mean the Buccaneers, not the Bucks. Same, I mean same concept. But okay, okay. <laughs> I I was you know picturing they like, both won the championship, the so who gives a shit? <laughs> no, but I I'm you know excited about these last three games again. I, I agree. You have the you know the two games against the Texans and the Rays that you should absolutely win. Uh, I do not think that this team gets swept by the Denver Broncos. I don't think the Broncos are really all that good of a team. So I think the Chargers should win the rest of their games. You finish 11 and you finish the season 11 and six. Uh, and I think that's right where pretty much all of us had them. I think you had them at 12 and five right before the season. Or was that Tyler? I think Tyler might have 12 and five. I think I had them at 11 and six or 10 and seven. But yeah, we were all yeah. kind of around that range. Yeah. So uh, you win the last three games, you get the five seed. You know, who knows what happens if you play, you know, the Browns or the Ravens there. Um, but as long as the Chargers win their next three games, they will absolutely make the playoffs. I think uh, you win two of the three, then I think you probably need some help, uh, you know, depending on tiebreakers and things like that. But uh, playoffs still very much in uh, line for the Chargers as long as they take care of business down the stretch. Yeah, everything they want is still in front of them. All right. Well, uh, hopefully the next time we record, I, I can uh, be rid of this stupid ass cough because uh, I'm sick of coughing. I've been coughing for two fucking weeks. Uh, next time we record, Alex will be in the States as well, mm -hmm. uh, as you know, you guys can see with the, uh, yeah, if with the suitcases like, behind him. Suitcases <laughs> on top of my fridge. Uh, is that right okay on top of your fridge? I was going to say, is that four suitcases? <laughs> no, it's three empty suitcases. I moved all my shit into my new place today. So yeah, no, I'm just flying back to the States at this point. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be flying out of here on Saturday and, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all excited for that. There we go. Getting ready for a Christmas back home. So um, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, please leave a, a comment or a like. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this, leave a rating or a view. Um, and that's going to do it. Like I said, we'll see you guys next time. Good riddance, Urban Meyer.
<laughs> you had to do it, man. You had I mean, to get it in. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.